Hello, and welcome to the Carney E. Free podcast. This podcast provides an opportunity for different ministry leaders and pastors to talk about different topics that could be happening within our church, within our community, or even around the world. My name is Justine Cheddar, and I am the Director of Community Engagement and Storehouse here at eFree. I have been so looking forward to this episode. I'm joined today by Kay Wolford, who is someone that has modeled to me over the last many years how to do hospitality well. Now, for those of you who are not familiar with our church, we are in the middle of an all-church initiative that is helping us move from Sunday to every day, taking what we learn together at church and applying it to our everyday lives at work or school, in our homes, with our neighbors, and throughout our everyday rhythms. Today, Kay and I will be talking about how to use our homes for mission, whether that's living on mission to the people living in your home and or inviting people into your home. So Kay, thank you for joining me today. I'm happy to be here, Justine, and I love talking about these things. Yes. They're very important to me. Yeah, and we have talked a lot about this, so I'm excited to get started. So Kay, we are going to start with, um, I guess, kind of my hope and purpose for the discussion, and then we're going to share kind of our journeys through how we view our home and what that's all looked like. So my my ultimate hope for this is that our listeners will hear that our homes are purposeful and that we get to look at our homes regardless of what our home looks like, does not matter, and that we get to put purpose to them and we get to ask God, how can we use this for mission? Um, serving people, loving people, bringing you glory, all that kind of stuff. So I am, that is just my hope with this discussion for today. So there were two catalysts for me, I would say, that really probably interrupted my view of home and caused me to view it differently and act differently. So the first one was, this was quite a while ago, um, we, Seth and I, our first home was just you know, 760 square foot, really tiny. Um, We had gutted it, built in 1908. It was, I mean, it was perfect. It was exactly what we needed. Didn't need to be any bigger or anything. But I do remember um, loving to host, but also feeling like, I don't know that I can host here because it's not big enough or it's not, I mean, anything. We didn't have like a really big yard or we did, our backyard was for our dogs. And so it was small and kind of just all of those things that go through your head sometimes about, well, it's just not good enough at the end of the day. And I read a book by the Nestor, by Quillen Smith, and um, she had, we'll link to all of these two that we talk about, but she had really hit hard this quote or this mantra that says it doesn't have to be perfect to be beautiful and she really hit stop waiting for this dream home whatever that looks like to invite people in stop waiting for it and then the other thing was she kept saying stop apologizing for your home because she said inevitably and even though we don't mean it what happens is If we invite people in and we say, oh, I'm sorry, it's such a mess. Oh, I'm sorry, I don't have enough chairs. Oh, I'm sorry, it's not big enough, whatever. Then inadvertently that can communicate to them 
well, my home must not be good enough for you either, or it must not be good enough to be on mission either. And so I read that, and I remember thinking, I don't really know if I say that a ton, but I'm going to commit to never saying that, to never apologizing for our home. So having little kids, sometimes there are toys on the ground. And so instead of saying, oh, I'm sorry, it's not picked up, I'd say, hey, just watch your feet because there's toys on the ground here. So what what it did for me is it just shifted my mindset a little bit and it gave me this freedom of you know our home in any state is totally good enough the other one was you and I were a part of a book club for storehouse actually our storehouse team and we read bread and wine by Shauna Nequist mm-hmm. and it was, I mean, I remember it being so impactful for all of us, but I remember specifically that one narrowed on inviting people into your home, but then inviting them to your table and setting the table. And I loved the message of the value of gathering people at your table, but that it's not immaculate five courses. It's not... Um, perfectly baked bread it's not any of that it could be ordering pizza and paper plates doesn't matter it's about the act not about like what it is that all of that is is good enough um and I just remember both of those books both of those kind of going through that in community were probably two things that were just catalysts for me and using my home on mission so why don't you tell us a little bit about you oh well Justine (laughs) you have just uh really um, got me going here in connecting with all of your thoughts. Uh, I have, for myself, my personal story is I have to go way back to the fact that um, I really didn't want to entertain. I wasn't really open to that because of the things that you mentioned, like I was afraid. Uh, I, I was, uh, I did not think we had uh, the furniture. Um, I didn't think I was a good enough cook. I didn't have all the things you really need to have to open your home to people. And, and actually, I didn't grow up in that world, although I married into a family who entertained a lot I remember the first time I entertained the whole large family, I was just scared and half sick over it. So mainly I want to say this has been a journey of growth, a transformation that God has done uh, to bring me from all of that past stuff to a, a point in my life where I see hospitality as a calling and a ministry and and um just a privilege to have people in my home and uh, to really care about them. I, I had to learn, though, in this journey that uh, it wasn't truly, wasn't about our, uh, what was in our home. Our, it was not about our stuff. We had furniture. Our first furniture was all hand-me-down. It was like a $10 table that we got we bought and it was about grandpa's couch she was getting rid of and and uh, our mom's furniture she didn't need anymore and so that was what our home was made up of and uh, so it was getting past all of that 
uh, to a point where um, I could know that people were not coming really to see my stuff, to see how good I was. Actually, I think that was a little bit of selfishness because mm. it was not really about me. Yeah. Uh, people are coming to our homes more for to be welcomed, mm. um, to be accepted, uh, maybe to be encouraged and to be cared about. And um, I, I so love our vision statement for our church about every person matters. And I take that uh, very seriously in my own personal life and in our home. We want to let people know that they matter. Um, the book you mentioned by Shauna Nyquist, Bread and Wine, there was another one, Present Over Perfect, yeah. that she wrote. They've both been great inspirations in my life. Uh, the, the bread and wine book about gathering, mm -hmm. uh, it is, it's just so much more uh, about connecting and relationships and caring, being genuine, um, genuinely caring, than it is about what great food you have to put on your table or what great dishes or in I or any of that it's just so much more it's it's much more about connecting with people yeah yep I agree I love that um so when we had talked about this and kind of where we wanted to go you had mentioned that you believe that all of this really starts in the mornings well, for you, but in the mornings, and it's centered around your personal spiritual journey. Can you talk to us a little bit about how you have seen that be true, about you setting the tone and what that looks like and then how it impacts the rest of your day? Um, well, uh, because I know this has been a transforming work of God in my heart, my life, my mind, to first uh, understand that he loves and accepts me, then it is out of that that I think I have grown to be able to want to open our home for that purpose of having people in to let them know they are loved and accepted as I have been. Um, and yes, I, I think it does begin. I need to, I need to be prepared so every morning I do find time very early. I kind of a gal I am, get up early, uh, get in the Word, get into prayer, get into my Bible study, and it just transforms my thinking. And I believe that God uh, and the work of the Holy Spirit just leads me to uh, be in um, a, the spirit of hospitality, uh, being in in my heart, in my mind, in the things that I do, um, and it just really, I can be prepared for my day to be sure I listen. I'm listening to God. I'm listening to the Holy Spirit lead me, and uh, I, I just have seen so many ways that he has done that, and even just as the church has um, had this ministry of Sunday to every day, encouraging us all, there have been two great uh, things that I believe 
God's Holy Spirit has really inspired myself and one of my neighbors to do. We there's a, we live east of Kearney on a farm, and there is a um, Sweetwater Road that has had uh, two new constructions, and um, and there are some other additional houses. But I I didn't in the, as years have gone by, I have not known who lives in these homes. And so a neighbor and I, a friend from this church actually, we uh, we did some baking one Saturday morning. We just went door to door and stopped to s- meet these families, and. Uh, dropped off some goodies. Uh, we had some wonderful chances to visit. Um, and uh, and really, one great opportunity to pray with a man that had a chance to tell us some very fresh news in their family was that his wife had been diagnosed that week with ALS. So we had a chance to just listen. And, and then we prayed with this man. Um, another opportunity that was such a blessing this week, and it, it's just such a reminder that we need to be still. I want to be still and be sure I'm listening to God uh, each day because a na- an 80-year-old neighbor of ours um, lives down the road just a mile. But when you live in the country, you don't see your neighbors mm-hmm. that often unless you mm-hmm. jump in the car and drive. Yeah. So, But anyway, this... Um, this late older lady's daughter-in-law had passed away just recently and so I had been going to write her a note going to write her a note did not get it done and so last a week ago today it was I was baking uh, some cookies and I just was so inspired that uh, oh I don't need to write a note let's just jump in the car and take some of these cookies and go down and see this lady well, that is what my husband and I did. And, um, well, let me tell you, it was not all about the cookies. <laughs> it was about this lady was so tickled to have company in this. She lives in this tiny little house, yeah. and I want to tell you that. I say that because yeah. we did not go to any big, huge living room and, oh, and be able to sit and see all her stuff. We sat at the kitchen table. And we just had the sweetest conversations. So we gathered around the table. We encouraged her, and she encouraged and blessed us. But um, that was just a little thing that I and I think yeah. God uh, uses us in those little ways mm-hmm. to make a big difference and yeah. uh, to provide encouragement to yeah. people. I love that. That's such a good reminder that when we start. When we start in the Word, when we start in prayer, um, it just it sets our hearts and our minds towards just being ready to to do and to go where He asks. I think that something uh, really important to me is when people are gathering at our house that mm-hmm. it's meaningful. Uh, yeah, that meaningful. I don't know if I've had a verse that's really encouraged me. I I sometimes share it. Uh, if I've had an experience that uh, has really strengthened me in my faith or if I've listened to uh, a program on bot radio or something, um, I just I am just about uh, trying to encourage other people where they are at and in their daily lives and because 
out of me being inspired and encouraged. I want to pass that on always. And I like things to be intentional and purposeful in our home, too. Yeah, absolutely. I've been the recipient of those, like, just little comments or sharing anything. And, yeah, that's so important. So good. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. We haven't talked about this. But when you – you can answer this. It's okay. When you were talking about – how you get up in the morning and that's what that looks like for you. Can you just talk quick to those who are in a different life stage? So maybe their life is a little bit chaotic and crazy. And so when they hear you say like, oh, I get up in the morning and they're thinking, yeah, but you don't know what my mornings look like. So maybe I'm rushing or whatever it might be. Can you just talk to us? I'm in that life stage. So can you just talk to us a little bit, encourage us? What can it look like? I don't know, whatever. Oh, how I do want to encourage you. I have, we have three children, and um, I, God, has, uh, God has made me this way to get up early and try to have devotions every day. I mean, for a long, really for as long as I can remember back since I became a believer in my 20s. Okay, so we have three children. I can remember getting up early thinking I'm going to have this hour of time or this half hour even, and then I hear these little, little feet (laughs) coming, running out of the bedroom, and I'm going like, oh. (laughs) And uh, so I I do remember those times. And I got a little frustrated at some times, but I, I want to encourage young moms, uh, just ask God to show himself to you each day wherever you are. It might be, you, you definitely might not have an hour in the morning to sit quiet and be still, but through the radio, through music, inspiration of of good Christian music has been something that has just carried me through, carried me through my days, carried me through a lot of uh, happenings. Um, so listening to good music, uh, getting around other people. I mean, uh, just as you gather, let your ears, let your heart and your mind be open to watching for how God will minister to you through the day. Uh, it might not be for your a quiet time in your chair, but it could be out and about. It could be wherever you are. God can really speak to you through music, through people, uh, through things you might see, uh, mm, yeah. something you might read briefly. Um, but there are other ways than because it is very true. You just can't always find that time to sit and be still. I love that. So one of the things that I have said a lot with Sunday to Every Day is we want people to feel like they can start small and they can start soon. So we're talking about home with Sunday to Every Day, but that also applies directly to what you're talking about, which is spiritual disciplines. And so we want that message to be loud and clear. With our home, we just said, you don't have to wait until you have a perfect home. You don't have to wait until you can cook, blah, 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 blah. You can start small and start soon. Same as spiritual disciplines. It doesn't have, you don't have to wait until it's perfect, whatever that means in your head, that you can do things now that don't take money and they don't take time. They, you, it doesn't require you to reschedule your life. You, there are things that in your everyday rhythms, in your just normal life, that you can do 
um, to meet with God and then pass that on to people. I love that. Thanks for sharing that. I just think it's important. I think it's an important message. So let me, could I say just one, one quick thing. Mm -hmm. I I really think if you are at that point Mm -hmm. where, you know, you just really haven't been doing it, you feel like you can't do it. There, there's one thing I truly believe in, and that is praying. <laughs> so, you know, I really believe if you pray and ask God to show you what is one little step you can take in whatever stage of life you are in, uh, and for whether it is um, growing spiritually, whether it is entertaining more in your home, or uh, just whatever it might be, just really stopping and asking God to to show you. I believe he will inspire you in some way, whether it's through other uh, people, through a uh, mus- music, mm-hmm. through a yeah. program, uh, through a message at church. Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. I believe God will show you. It, yeah. When we ask him, he wants to show us because he yeah. then that proves we're ready Absolutely. We're desiring it. Yeah. And he puts that desire in us, too. I mm-hmm. believe he does. He, he mm-hmm. puts all this <laughs> in our hearts and in our yeah. minds. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. So one of the things uh, after we had talked about where it starts, which is our own spiritual journey, is we wanted to have this discussion about getting serious about addressing what we might believe about home. And so we've already touched on that a little bit. So kind of just encouraging our listeners to sit down and write out, okay, what are some of the lies that I'm believing? Do I believe that my home isn't big enough? Do I believe it's not cute enough? Uh, Whatever. We, unfortunately, we live in a day where with things like Pinterest and Instagram and internet, it is easy to see visually, to see pictures that then become a standard um, in our head. At least I know I struggle with that. And a lot of my friends, that's kind of where our discussion lands is, okay, guys, you know, what, what are we setting up as the standard? Why are we setting that up as the standard? Whatever that might look like. So just as for our listeners, we just want to, to encourage you when you're done listening or maybe you need to pause it now, whatever it might be, just sit down and do an honest assessment asking yourself, okay, what do I believe about home? Uh, whatever that might look like for you. So, okay, we had talked about just for ourselves the words that we want our home to express. And so would you share with us a couple words that you came up with that you said you want your home to express? Well, I might have more than a couple. Of course, that's (laughs) mine. Yeah, absolutely. I love uh, your intro there. There is one thing that I totally appreciate about the younger generation I am the older generation by the way (laughs) and so what I appreciate is that whole theme of less is more we always used to think we ought to have a lot of stuff sitting around on our counters on you know just have a lot of stuff and I think you young people uh, are not doing that you have you don't have all the stuff around and I'm liking that because I'm thinking that is just a kind of a a sign of our lives um, that we don't need a lot of stuff uh, but we do need 
each other. We do need relationships. We do need home. Mm, And so one of the words I do love is every time I hear this word simple uh, and simplicity, I when I see those words they just draw my attention and um, then gathering of course I think is uh, is just a really important word Um, and then faith Uh, I have two words that are cut out of metal and I have them laying one on the table in the living room and one on the table in the kitchen and they are gather and faith and I want, I really truly want our home to be about that, a place where people feel welcome to gather and to come and be heard and cared about. And then that we're always about uh, that it is because of God. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's through our faith, it's through all he's done in our lives, all he's provided, that we are able to be on this mission with him and for him. Uh, that people will know him and uh, just be blessed in their lives. Yeah. Uh, you told me that one of your friends is grandma. She used to always mm-hmm. say something. Will you talk about that? Yeah, I love, I love this. We have this gal in our Bible study, and she's from the South. She's yeah. really hilarious. We love her so much, and she always has these little sayings. Well, one day she did tell us that every time... Uh, they left her grandmother's home. She always said, hurry back. And, uh, you know, that may seem a little simple, but I've tried to start doing that. And and people kind of stop and look back. Uh, <laughs> I did it with my kids, and they kind of stopped and looked back at me. And uh, I I want to be in the habit of, of doing that um, to just let people know that, and that's a simple thing. That's yeah. just a simple little yeah. thing that you can do. But I love that. Yeah. Hurry back. Yeah. So. That made me think um, a gal, a pastor's wife that I follow and have read some of her blog. So all of her kids are grown now, and they all live in different states. And so what they did, similar to this thought of hurry back, is every time they leave the house, they all have to high kick. <laughs> like they literally just okay. all kick, and they take a picture. And she <laughs> said, she wrote about that, and she said the purpose of it was that as a mom especially, she said it can be really hard to think that your home has changed and they're not here anymore and they're not, it's not the hubbub of your family and whatever, they all have their own homes. And she said, we chose, we kind of sat down and basically her husband and her chose, we can either be sad about them leaving or we can end with a high kick that basically says, you're coming back, like we're ready for you to come back. Go, go to your home, go to your life and then you know, we'll all come back someday. And I just thought I the hurry back and the high kick is just a simple way. It's just a little bit of a mindset shift that you can say, okay, our home is, is it's got purpose. Whether they're coming or yes. they're going, yes. there's purpose. I love that. Okay, so for me, when I was thinking of this question, what do I want um, our home to express or what words? I, I always think for me... Mine aren't like actual words either. Mine are more phrases, so it's okay. Neither one of us did this, right? But so I'd say welcoming people for sure and having a spirit of safety and just like come and sit back and relax. 
and then a place where people want to come and be. And there's a couple of things with that. For our, our original, I, well, actually, I'd say life group, I guess. But we, so Seth and I have the privilege of, same as you, but we have the privilege of we have been in Kearney forever. And so our original group of friends, we dated at the same time. We all kind of got married at the same time. We all started having kids at the same time. So we got to see just, a, I mean, a lot long, many, many years. So a period of each new life stage. We got to walk that all together, which is, is very unique. And it's such a treat. Got to go through college together and then out of college, jobs, whatever. And one of the things that we did, Seth and I were just like a little bit ahead of them as far as age-wise. And so we did, um, we ended up being kind of the first to do things. But what that meant was when we did build finally our bigger home, we would host sleepovers for all of us. And that was by far our favorite times. And it wasn't, I mean, again, like everyone kind of just slept wherever and people brought their blow-up beds. I mean, it was some people slept on the couch, whatever. But we we got into the rhythm of doing that frequently. And that was, I didn't realize how important that was to me until many of them moved. <laughs> and we all kind of separated because they all got called, which was cool, but they all got called to different churches and different jobs and a different city. And I... So one of them, a couple of them are still here, and one of the guys, um, he's on our staff. He he would not. He, okay, he doesn't even know this because I I didn't even realize how impactful it was. But I hosted our staff retreat one time, and he came in to my house, and I had my coffee on, of course, and he just knew that in our house you pretty much just get what you need in the in the cupboards like that's just how it was I mean when you do sleepovers that's usually what it is whoever's up first starts making breakfast or whatever and it doesn't matter and he came in and he like just kind of got his mug and he's like I'm okay to get my mug right and I'm like yes and I I loved that so much because it felt so like when he did that I realized oh my goodness I have missed this like I have missed people in our home that are just they just make themselves at home and they just go get, they know where stuff is. So they just go get it from the cupboard and, you know, they're put, they're doing dishes and they're putting stuff away. And I, I did not realize how impactful that was until that simple act of him coming in and just going to my mug cupboard. Like it, it just stopped me. I was like, oh my goodness, that's so important to me. So I think that is, that kind of encompasses what I want our home to be. When people are there that they just can help themselves and that they know and, we have a, um, we say a lot that, um, it sounds silly now that I'm saying it out loud, but we're like, oh my gosh, you can't hurt anything. Like we have a cream couch and people are like, oh, we can't hear there. Like, oh my goodness, it's fine. Like I've spilled my coffee so many times on there. It doesn't matter. Our floors, we intentionally finish them kind of undone and rustic so that we just don't want people to worry about having to hurt anything. I just want them to feel welcome. Um, so those, those are kind of things that I think of when I think of what I want our home to express. So we'll pause here, and then because Kay and I just shared, we want to encourage you, like we said, so after you have done this little honest assessment of what do I believe about home, so maybe what lies am I believing, then we want to give you a chance to, to pause and sit down and say, okay, what words do I want 
to be associated with home. Okay, we're going to keep going, but one of the things I want to talk about next is what it looks like to implement these words, because it's one thing to say, okay, this is what I want. Like, I want my home to be welcoming, and I want it to be whatever. So let's just kind of keep going down our list talking about um, the simplicity of it, but then also the fact that even though the that gathering is simple, that it ends up being impactful. So start us out with you shared about your knitting group Um, because when we originally talked about this we were sitting in your living room on your couches and you had shared about your knitting group you want to tell us a little bit about that and why just kind of that thought of it's simple but it's so impactful well once again I think uh, there's just this thing in me that wants to connect and uh So I uh, have developed a love for crocheting and knitting and gathering, and I I come to connect with some women, with actually four or five other women who love to do that also. So I decided, oh, well, let's come to my home. And um, I think it started out well, let's just try this and see how it goes. Well, it is still going, has been going every Thursday afternoon. And we we just come. Uh, I make coffee. We always have coffee and cream for those who love it. And, and sometimes I have food, sometimes I do not. That all does not matter. But we come and we gather in my living room and we have just developed this this closeness this openness to share we discuss all kinds of things and uh, along the while of we are crocheting and knitting and accomplishing something and yet and yet is so much more than knitting and crocheting (laughs) and sweaters and dish rags and all of that it's uh, just a safe place and a deep place uh, to be open and to be still too I find it a, a place yeah. to be really we're, we're just sitting and we're not yeah. we are crocheting but it's just uh, it's just a place to be to sit and be still and and that's something that uh, people are missing today Um, And, of course, we are in our later years, so we can do that. I know the young moms can't always do that Mm -hmm. right now. But it is still important to find uh, some way to have some little bit of stillness in your life. But this has been a huge blessing to just um, do that. Can you share, um, you told me about... Uh, with your husband along the same lines of learning to sit still I think it's applicable for all of us so can you share about that when you learn just that time you learn to sit and listen and give time for conversation to start yes my husband is a very quiet man and he does not always have a lot to say and it has taken me years to figure this out and understand how we could just communicate a little better and a little deeper and so because we're in our later years we do have some time uh, 
to sit and be still. And uh, so I have discovered that if I will sit with him, uh, we'll sit in our living room, uh, we may have the TV on, we may not have anything on, and I just try to be still, be quiet, and, uh, and just sit beside him uh, in another chair, though, but sit close, and pretty soon uh, I have found that he will open up, and he will say, oh, did I tell you about this, mm-hmm. and did I tell you yeah. about this, and, and it has just become a wonderful discovery uh, for us and for me because I longed that we would have a chance to share and just connect about our day even and connect about what's going on in our on our farm in our lives and um, that just learning to sit and be still has been uh, and not get frustrated over it but yeah. to just really let it happen. I would venture to guess that that is something that we all desire. We all want our people to give us time. Uh, we said it like time, attention, and space for conversation. Because um, I think we are just so hurried right now. And so then we get to anytime someone gives us the time. And conversation sometimes can take a little bit to get started. And so sometimes we need to sit for a little bit and then just kind of let it bubble up. So I'm reading a book right now that's called The Anatomy of the Soul by Kurt, I think it's Kurt Thompson, but he talks a lot about the importance of being known and how as a, um, specifically for whatever reason, as a culture and as a generation that we, we don't really value that anymore. We instead focus on being useful and we care a lot about um, making sure that whatever, like we're earning our keep, you know, all that kind of stuff. But then to settle on our minds, our, our souls, we need to be known. So we had talked about uh, what that means for our discussion, which is using your home on mission. And I love it, Kate, because you said that families have to work hard at gathering at our tables now. And you said, don't give up on gathering at our table. Like, work hard for that. It is worth it. You had a couple stories that really... I think they get to the heart of this. We want we want to and we need to be known, especially as you're talking about having grandkids at your table, kids at your table, all that kind of stuff. And then you also hit on the tradition um, of rhythms. And so those things that we do annually or traditionally, and then when they don't happen, they get missed. So I want you to tell us about this whole, because everyone's talking about it, so let's talk about it. this whole thought of phones and how we do right now probably have some added noise to our minds um, and to our gatherings because we have this device that is an outside, it's just constant outside connection. And so it can be really hard when you are in person with people and you're present with people, it can be really hard to stay present. You told me um, about when you f- when you have fought to continue to have people sitting at your table, to gather at your table, you talked a little bit about 
the kids at your table and how they don't have their phones. And it wasn't necessarily because you all have told them or harped on them or said, you can't have your phone, whatever. Can you tell us about what you've seen? Well, um, it has been something, like you said, that it wasn't something that we demanded or we said, this has to happen at all. But um, we, when we have gathered, and, and our grandchildren uh, are all grown now, they aren't little, uh, but they all do have phones, and they all are usually on them a lot. But I have made this wonderful discovery and thanked God for it many times that we, when we gather with these uh, adult children around our table, I mean, they're all they're student age. And one is a nurse now, but uh, they're student age. Um, they don't bring their phones, mm -hmm. and I have just been so encouraged that, and we try to have conversation and just intentionally include them, and they I really believe they respond to that I really believe that they find that tape gathering around that table is a place where we listen to them and they feel welcome and they feel heard and uh, it blesses us so much and uh, I think it's because that is what is happening I don't, I don't think they need to have their phones with them uh, at that point in time. And yeah. it just is something that's kind of evolved, but it, it's a huge blessing. And I want to just encourage people to really um, keep, keep that going. Even in your busy, busy lives, don't miss gathering around the table. I am from the generation when our three children were young, in the summertime, especially when they weren't in school, we probably had three meals a day together around the kitchen table. And we ha we just had a chance to talk and uh, about our day and about life and whatever. So lots yeah. of opportunities there. Mm -hmm. We talked about one thing I remember from growing up was, so we lived out in the country as well. And that does just add, it adds a unique it thing does. to to your day and it's just you gotta work around it but I do remember we uh, so we danced on Thursday nights so we had dance on Thursday nights and even though we were not gathered around our table at home because we wouldn't have had time to go home and do it and get back in we pretty regularly I want to say almost every Thursday night I'd have to ask my mom for sure but we all sat in the car and ate Little King together before dance, after dance, whatever. We listened to Adventures in Odyssey. And that was essentially that still gathering around the proverbial table. Mm -hmm. And so just that note of even if you have some unique things where you can't gather around your physical table at home, you can still emulate the heart of that. And you can still have, let's gather together, let's shut the world out, and let's just as a family eat together. And there's so much about... We're not going to get into it because it's a whole other podcast. Mm -hmm. Someday we can do, but especially we, I feel like we learned so much with bread and wine, but 
there's so much about the art of eating that is it's way deeper than just eating for um just for the fact of eating like it's just oh we have to hurry up and get a meal in that there's um something about it 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 kind of um illuminates all of our neediness like we all have to eat we all are needy of sustenance and ultimately then of course of god and each other um Anyway, so that's a whole other podcast, but I did want to make that comment too of like to what you're saying, fight for the gathering at your table, even if it has to be right. a console in your car, whatever that might look right. like. If that's your gathering, that is that is as important. I remember your mother telling me that story. Oh, yeah. And I remember being really blessed by it mm-hmm. uh, because it was kind of a new thought yeah. in that. And for our today's world of busy so many moms working uh, and kids still have all the activities Um, don't give it up but it might not look real traditional but don't give it up gathering connecting with your all with your own little family yeah oh I love that so the other thing you told me uh, in talking about grandkids is for one of them, this Christmas looked a little bit different. And tell us the story about the lack of a tradition. Kind of goes back to what I said earlier about how I didn't realize how important gathering in our home was until it was gone. We don't realize sometimes, uh, yes, the value of all of that. Yeah. So well, this Christmas, it was a little bit different. Um, we had a middle daughter was uh, having a wedding in January so uh, the other kids didn't all come home to celebrate Christmas together so we ended up with on Christmas Eve with um, our grandson our grown grandson and um, he's 19 and uh, so we went to church. We went over to our um, our sister-in-laws to see all her kids. And then we came home, had our traditional. We had chili soup and um, other good things to eat. And then we sat and had, had his gifts for him. And we just really had a quiet, uh, good conversation evening. And then he went on home. And it was, it was a while, quite a while later, we were talking with him, and he says, yeah, Nana, we never did read the Christmas story. And I just was so taken back by that. Typically, when all of our kids are home for Christmas, we always take time. We read the Christmas story before we do any gifts or anything else. We read the story and share a little bit about that. And we always would have one of the kids read, too. And he had had his chance to read um, the story from the Bible. And we missed that this year. Mm, And makes me really sad. But yet it makes me know all of those traditions, no matter little, big, the food, the stories, the taking a ride, looking at lights, anything, uh, even in your daily lives, any traditions you have about connecting and gathering, do not discount uh, the big ones or the little ones and don't give them up. Mm, I love that. 
I think that is probably where we'll wrap up. Um, I want to share just a couple thoughts. So first of all, what I hope you have heard is really what we've been saying for Sunday to Every Day this whole time is it's just the simple things. It really is just the simple things. So same as when we talk about using our home on mission, um, we don't want you to hear that you have to have stuff or that you have to do a bunch of stuff to ready it to invite people in or simply to live on mission to the people who are living in your home. So we want you to hear that loud and clear. And then the other thing is I just want to encourage you all to to use this time now that you've listened to this and we've heard Kay to kind of share her journey and uh, teach us some things about hospitality. Take this time to maybe by yourself or grab one of your people, sit down and really do that assessment about what do, what do you believe about your home? What are the lies that you're believing? And then turn it around and say, okay, what do I want my home to reflect? What do I want people to feel when they come in? And then working out of this sense of there is grace for all of it, not working out of I should do this, but working out of the sense of there's grace for it, start to invite people in. And when you have that in your mind, when you have your words in mind, just think, okay, what what little thing can I do to help create a welcoming environment? Whatever your word is, whatever your, your thought is. Do you want it to be really fun? What can you do so that your home is so fun? Whatever you might come up with, just start adding a couple of those things. One other thought I had was um, I mentioned Michael and Smith who wrote um, a couple different books on home. One's the nesting place, and she and then that she coined that term. It doesn't have to be perfect to be beautiful, but she said she goes shopping in all of the different rooms. So maybe it's something as simple as that. So if you're like, oh, I want my home to be welcoming, and my living room isn't maybe set up, go shopping in your rooms. Like move a lamp, move a candle, move a chair, whatever it might be. You don't have to have money. You don't have to have space. Just look at what you have and how can you put a little bit of purpose to it? How can you make it work for you? Uh, Kay and I talked about a couple different resources, so we will put those in the show notes and link that if you guys are interested. But ultimately, we hope that what you heard is it's not so much the resources per se. Those all have helped us, but at the heart of it, it has been really just going to God and just spiritually growing with him um, and have helping or allowing him to help us grow, allowing him to kind of work out the things in our life. That has really been what has allowed us to use our home for mission. Kate, any last thoughts? Any last words? No, I just want to. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I said yes. no, but I do have something to say. That's great. Go for it. Oh. <laughs> Just, yeah. I mean, ask God yeah. to show you, and he will. People are all around you wanting to know that they're cared about and that they matter. And God will use you in, in some way, I'm sure. Great. Listeners, thanks for joining us today. Kay, thank you for joining me today. <laughs> thank you.